0: I lost a, a property not too long ago that I spent a lot of money on and a lot of hard work on. And when I found out that that property fell apart, I cried. I cried. And I like said to my husband, I think we were out at a, a ball game or something. And I went home and I was just like, I just need to just decompress, let it all out. But the next day, I mean, I'm back at it. Next day I'm I'm taking the lessons that I've learned from it. I'm you know, we call them after action reports in the military.
1: Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for
2: you to customize your life.
1: welcome everyone to the right club podcast francois is my co-host today i'm laurel simmons a co-founder of right club and we are thrilled to have victoria Clooney as a guest
2: yes it's gonna be amazing you have to tune in i can't wait to anyway share this episode we had a lot of fun lots of laughs so you'll have to tell us more once you've you're done listening to the interview
1: yeah, Victoria's got so much experience, although she's only been really seriously investing for two years, and she has just exploded in terms of her uh, her portfolio, and she started out just like everybody else, you know, just with one rental property, not really sure what she's doing, not really sure how to do it, and look where she is now. So to anyone who thinks that they can't do it, well, Thank just you, listen to Victoria. Yeah, Exactly listen and think again. So with that, we'll go on to the interview. And but before we do, please rate us on whatever uh platform you're listening on that helps us reach more people and go to therightclub.com and sign up. It's free and you'll get access to all kinds of information. So Francois, shall we go to the interview?
2: Let's get to it.
1: Hi Victoria. Welcome to the right Club. We're happy to have you here. And we're going to talk about psychology and real estate investing. Thank you, thank you for having me, Laurel. Okay, you're studying psychology. You're going after your yes. master's in psychology, correct? That's correct. Yes. And I've seen a lot of your posts on Instagram, uh, and I know I know how focused you are, which is why I thought it would you would make a really good guest because you really just get right to the heart of the matter. It's about focusing and figuring out what you want and just taking certain specific steps because I think one of the big problems with real estate investors and it can be any field but we're focusing on real estate Mm -hmm. is that we think we have to know everything we have to think we have to do everything we have think we have to be an expert and um, then of course the uh, I don't know is bite you in the butt and the 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 shoulds, I should do this and I should do that, like creep up and then the little the little devil on your shoulder says, "Well, who do you think you are doing this right?" Like this is all normal stuff. Absolutely, absolutely,
0: and like when you when you say things like everybody feels like they have to know everything, and that you hit the nail on the the head there because that's a big stopper for people moving forward is because they don't think that they know enough. And I often like to talk about confidence and to explain to people that you don't have to be an expert in that area. You have to just have confidence in your ability to be able to manage the situation and be able to pivot and adapt. And so when I can explain that to people, you can see that light bulb go off in their head, like, oh, I don't have to know everything in order to invest. And Not at all. So really, it's about simplifying this whole process for everybody so that they don't feel so overwhelmed to get started in real estate investing. So yeah, I totally big proponent of that. Lots of people stop because of failure, fear of failure. And, you know, even you mentioned it earlier, just before we started recording about, like, what if, what if I couldn't make it? Well, that's not the question we should be asking. The question should be what if You can make it. What if you can do it? And people just need to flip that switch a little bit. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of a reminder.
2: Yeah, and it's not that scary. I mean, and you start small. I mean, you don't start buying an entire shopping center or 600 unit apartment building. I mean, can you tell us maybe how you started your journey without knowing everything and then kind of incremental? Now you're doing much bigger things, but...
0: I knew absolutely nothing. I had no idea what I was doing. And I wasn't intending to invest in real estate. When I got started, it was more out of just circumstances. So I'm in the military, and I had bought a house. And three months later, I found out that I was being posted to the United States. And this was a time this is about 2005 at this time. And so interest rates were high. And, you know, it wasn't a seller's market. So I would have lost a lot of money on the sale. And so I just look back and I'm like, how, I think I was about 22 at the time. And just thinking, how did I figure out to even rent my house? And I did, we didn't have Kijiji or anything. I, I think it was in the classifieds. Like I put ads out. I had my friends watch the property for me. I moved to the U S and we were just a bunch of kids trying to figure this out. And then when I came back, I just didn't have the heart to ask that family to leave. And so I use this as an example. I actually used it today to, with somebody just saying, you know, if 22 year old Vicky can figure this out, you can figure this out with the skills that you have today and the whole life experience that you have. It's really not as complicated if you can just break it down into those smaller steps and not think about buying a complex right off the gate. Maybe that's your end goal, and but you can work backwards into those manageable increments And think about it in that way, just one property at a time or one phone call at a time. If even just a property feels daunting, break it down to go have a conversation with your lender.
1: You know what? I think you're right. It's really breaking it down to the smallest possible denominator. It's not what property can buy. It's not how much money I have. It's about who can I talk to? Yeah, And not only that, is who can I talk to who might know someone who can connect to me with someone who knows what they're doing, right? Exactly, exactly. You think about the,
0: uh, I, I do a lot of smart goal techniques with people. And so I walk them through that. And the very first one, S, is for specific. And if you can break that down into the who, what, when, where, how, and identify. So who, who are all the people that need to be involved? To achieve that goal. So thinking about realtors, lenders, brokers, home inspectors, appraisers, just break those bits down into the increments and then work through those W's. And then you've got a full outline of the steps that you need to take instead of having it ruminating in your head and just like constantly, if people don't write down their thoughts, then they're in overdrive trying to remember it. It's a big release from your brain to just write down your thoughts. I, if you looked around in my office, I have notes everywhere. I use the notepad in my phone. I'm always, because I just can't stand having to try to remember something because it just, it stops me from being creative and being open to more opportunities.
2: And don't they say we can only, I think, retain seven items in our head? Like that's (laughs) like the maximum. So I have way more than seven items I need to do every day
0: exactly <laughs> exactly and especially like if you have trouble falling asleep yeah laurel's got her notebook right there it's right i mean
2: just like yeah i think there's more than seven on there <laughs>
1: well yeah okay, a couple of days but actually this is one thing that i learned from a um an organizer business organizer, way 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 back long before we had all these apps and everything and she came into my office which was like oh my oh, i don't want to talk about what, what a mess it was and she said okay where do you keep your notes? Well, I had sticky this and pages there. And she said, just keep a notebook. You put everything in that notebook. And you will have a record. That's it. You don't need the sticky notes. You don't need the computer. You don't need this. You don't need that. Just have a notebook. And this is with me constantly. It's in my purse. It's you know small enough to go to my purse. And everything gets written down. So I don't have to remember, even last night when mm-hmm. daniel and i came back from a trip away for four days there were all kinds of ideas in my head he was he was snoring <laughs> <laughs> sorry sweetheart i'm letting, letting some secrets out but, uh, <laughs> but i just sat there in the bed and i thought okay no i gotta get some of my head i wrote it down and wrote, wrote it down this morning i woke up and i went tick 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 tick, tick. i got like half of the list on like gone <laughs> Exactly.
0: And people, if, if they feel anxious, so if anybody listening, you know, suffers from anxiety, and especially, you know, think about what time do you start feeling anxious, a lot of people on Sunday night start feeling anxious. And so a big recommendation that I would say is to plan out your week, what tasks do you need to get accomplished My family started doing that where we sit down on Sunday night and we plan out our week from like what we need to get done. And, you know, my husband's helping out with the business, what those tasks are, what the home tasks are, you know, with we include our son. I meet with my admin to go through the week for my business side. And then I do my own with any kind of responsibilities that I have. And then that just makes me feel ready to start the week fresh and good to go.
1: We're going to take a quick break from the show.
3: Today's podcast is brought to you by LegalSecondSuites.com. Ken Beckendam is an amazing real estate investor. He understands the process of the conversion inside and out. And he has built one of the largest by volume design build firms in the GTA that specializes in legal multifamily conversions, anywhere from two to 15 units. And he's been involved in either the designer or the contractor in well over 250 conversion projects, which resulted in over 600 legal dwelling units. That is a lot of legal dwelling units. And Ken and his team at Legal Second Suites, they cover everywhere from Halton, Niagara, Haldeman, Norfolk, Brant, Hamilton, London, Tri-Cities, Barrie, York, and anything in between. He's one of the few firms that can complete the entire process, For you from design to construction to property management. So it's truly a one stop shop. So reach out to Ken at LegalSecondsuites.com. Again, it is LegalSecondsuites.com. And now back to the show. And now back to the show.
2: That's amazing. And just to, to continue with that incremental. So in 2005, you had that one house you left for the US. Now you're working on something much, much bigger and very different, and (laughs) Mm -hmm. maybe scary to some people, and even maybe to you at first. Uh, Can you walk us through that? Maybe give us some insights as to what you're working on. And this
0: is a great example. It's a great example because I am scared and I'm okay to admit it, but I'm also confident in my abilities and I have enough life experience and experience in investing that I know when to pivot and I know I'm managing the risks along the way. So, But this is all like today, my brain is hurting from the amount of new information that I've received. So I guess I got the call last night that we now have a nine unit motel, which is on the waterfront in Nova Scotia, and it comes with two vacant lots. The difference with this property is that it's a share sale and not just an asset buy. And so what I've had to do is have conversations with my lawyer and with my accountant and with the realtors to make sure that, you know, we have everything and all the documents that will be needed in order to do the due diligence because it's a, it's different than what you would normally do for just purchasing a property. So I'm buying the business and the asset in the business and the land. So it's the land, the building, but the business itself. So I'm taking over the corporation and my lawyer gave a very, um, interesting analogy today to explain it to me so I will repeat it here but he basically said so imagine you're marrying your husband but now you have to date all of his exes and that's how he explained this business because anything that's owing from the business any kind of arrears or issues in the past you assume those issues and so you have to do very, very thorough due diligence in order to make sure that this business isn't uh, bringing baggage that you don't want to take care of.
2: Yeah, the credits, rating, the suppliers. I mean, a motel. I mean, there's lots Everything. of people. Snow removal. Who knows what's involved? Uh, potential lawsuits from guests six months ago that slipped and fell. And wow, Everything. okay, that's that's interesting. But what's the advantage? Why would you not just want to buy the assets? And why are you buying the business?
0: My understanding, the there is an advantage for the seller to sell as a share rather than to absolve it. And my understanding from the accountant, and you know, I'm still digging into it, is that the there's a capital gains exemption that can take place. And so right now, I'm trying to decide if my corporation is going to be a shareholder in this share, or in this corporation, this company, or if Victoria Clooney is going to be a shareholder in the company. Because the corporation, from my understanding, is that it does not apply the exemption. The capital gains one lifetime exemption does not apply. So, yeah, it's I'm still learning and going through all of that. And that's even just a great example of I know how it feels. You know, it reminds me, it humbles me to back to like when you're starting out and you're learning all of these new lingo and jargon and the risk associated with it. And so it's it's a nice way to be able to relate again to newer investors. And uh, I brought that up with some people this morning and yeah, I'm, I'm right back there with them
1: in this one. And you're exactly right. Cause, it, cause as you were talking, I thought, wow, like I would be intimidated and, you know, Daniel and I have lots of experience in investing in real estate, but it's also, it's also very specific areas of real estate. So I think people, people who are experienced investors know that there's many, many areas you can invest in real estate, but there's also many people who, who are just starting out and to them, like real estate is just, real estate investing is just a, a big, like blanket block. It's like, mm-hmm. this is real estate investing. And so the first thing you learn is like, that's the forest, but nobody invests in the forest. Yeah. We invest in a tree or right. a grove of trees, right? Like kind of a funny analogy, but it's true. You yeah. never invest in the forest. Think, I like that tree. I like that group of trees. I like that tree over there. Oh, that tree. <laughs> Stay away from that log. Boy, does that ever rotten. <laughs> really? That's exactly. the way it is.
0: And the more you get to know the forest, the more you understand, you know, which trees you want to invest in. And from like the mindset that I'm taking on right now is how much education this is going to be. And so I have conditions in place. And so I make sure that I'm mitigating that risk. And yes, I might, if the deal falls through, I might lose out on, you know, that appraisal because that's more expensive at this stage, an environmental, a home inspection, but I'm mitigating that as we go along. And I'm also accepting it, because for me, the education piece is so valuable. And the experience of going through this process, I'm I'm going to come out with so much more knowledge and competence and confidence in that type of project. Because I'm not gonna stop just at this one business. It's not gonna be the only one. If this, you know, um, there's so many opportunities out there, and just to have that in your tool belt, then yeah, it's gonna be great, but it's hard and it's not fun, you know.
2: And like you said, this can open the door to many, many acquisitions. I met a gentleman, all he does is buy, buy businesses. So he has a business that acquires engineering firms. Uh, architectural firms, law firms, accounting firms, all across Canada, because there is no succession. Usually there's no no kids, no one wants to buy it. So he's buying them all, keeping them and then kind of taking what's good and I guess what's bad and then moving on and, and taking the real estate, selling it off, just like acquisitions and mergers. We've seen huge corporations okay. do uh, eventually you'll be equipped to do the same. If that's something that appeals to you and yeah, you can really make the most, like you said, you have land with this one, maybe you're going to sell off the land, keep the motel or the opposite or
0: Develop. who knows sells, I mean, shares. Yeah, it's all about that growth and to be able to continue because this is a world that I know that I want to be in and I want to grow in. And so to me, this is just part of that process. And if you're not challenging yourself then you know you become stagnant, and I think that it is important to stay in a niche. But I'm also the type that will pivot or be able to take those extra steps, and that's always served me well in my life. And so I'll just continue to do that.
1: And um, yes, I think it's important to specialize in a niche because you can really you really dive deep, and you you get to learn. And though today I would say. You have to also diversify because it's just, that's just the way life is, right? The, the market right now, like if you have all your eggs in one basket, I'm mixing metaphors here, forest eggs, whatever. Um, <laughs> if you have all your eggs in one basket, you're at a higher risk than if you diversify, right? That's just the way it is. You you sort of, sort of learn something and then you can go to something else. But I think the worst mistake people can make is to try to do all those something else's at the same time is to start with one and you learn it then you can add something else and then you can add something else but I have a question for you Victoria so I'm a new investor here I'm brand new and I'm listening to this podcast I'm going yeah well I I still I don't know what to do I, I I want to get into real estate I don't know what to do and I'm really scared like like I really think that this would help me and my family I don't know what to do what would you say to that
0: person? I would say find a network to join so that you can start those conversations with everyday investors. And then once you start to you know assimilate into this network, you'll realize it almost becomes normalized, this behavior. And so it's almost inadvertent that you will start to change how you feel and how you believe about real estate investing. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is to join a network. And listening to these type of podcasts, start consuming that type of content and then, you know, do that goal setting and break it down the who, what, when, where, how, and just write down all the steps that you feel that you need to learn about and then break those steps down if you need to. And so that's always been the way that it's helped me the most instead of going right after that big picture. But the network for me, that has elevated my game. I. I was slow growth. I've been investing for over 17 years now and first 15 years, slow growth because I was alone. I had no idea idea that this network existed. And once I got into this network, just explosion because now all of a sudden I'm being introduced to creative financing and I'm being introduced to people that are buying 15 plus units. And these are my friends and it's like, so normal now that we've been around this that I can do that too. And it's crazy because we can all do it. We all have the ability. It's just, you need to find the the resources that will support you based on what you bring to the table.
1: We're going to take a quick break from the show.
2: If you're a busy real estate investor or related professional and looking to build your brand and business, reach more people and stand out from the competition, then you'll want to listen to the Personally Brandtastic podcast. I'm the host, Paul Copcut, and on the show we talk to leading marketing experts about building your personal brand with the latest strategies and ideas. Because marketing is how you get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. So if you're looking to build your brand and business, then check out the latest episodes of the Personally Brandtastic podcast on your favourite podcast player or app, or head on over to personallybrandtastic.com. And now back to the show. Yeah, and just as an example, Laurel is dealing in power plants. You're <laughs> you're looking at motels. I mean, they're, they're, that's quite a mix. And right. and you'd never like, no offense, Laurel, but I'd never know you're an energy mogul, but you are <laughs> oh, in <yeah>. a way. <laughs> so, sorry, so, when you said
1: power plants, I really had to laugh because I, I had a friend who just left here and she was commenting on my violets. I'm going, and she was say, whoa, you have the biggest violence in the world. I'm like, how do you know my power plants? How do you know that I have power violence? Never mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's like really funny. Mr. Burns, right now, just like with the power plant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes, yeah, we we're we're invested in um a uh, solar energy uh a plant in Greece. And when we started out, I really I would never have have had any idea that this would happen and that's the thing that's the really cool thing about real estate and anything else for that matter when you dive in and you start really expanding your knowledge and your network right you never know where it's going to go you just don't no idea just start
0: being open to it. I know you know a lot of people hire coaches and I'm not opposed to that. I think that's a great idea if that's, because you know, that's gonna get you quicker from that A to B. You're gonna learn from their experience, but it's not the be all and end all. I think just like immersing yourself in this community is going to get you ahead so much farther. Get a buddy, an accountability buddy. There's so many people out there that feel alone, that would love to have somebody else reach out to them.
2: And I love what you said there about the coach. I love coaches. I coach people, but mm-hmm. I believe you need to take action just like you did and not just hire someone. Cause you want to be handheld. Like you need to go and just do it because yeah, if not, you're never going to do it. I meet people that, go from coach to coach to coach. It's like, what have you done? Like, I don't, I don't want to add to this list. (laughs) I don't want to be next. (laughs) Oh, I talked
0: to somebody lovely today. So I open up for phone calls on Monday and people can just come and, and ask me questions. And I had a woman show up this morning or online and she has so much experience of running businesses and real estate and was asking about wanting to get into buying. And I asked her, well, what's holding you back? And she was like, that's a really good question. I don't know. And she left there like feeling, okay, I can do this, but she had it all the the whole time. She didn't need me to tell her that she could do it. And so I always just say, if anybody who's listening, you don't need anybody to tell you that you can do it. You absolutely can do it, and the resources are available. You just have to take action, like Francois is saying.
1: I mean, I, um, in one of my previous lives, probably within the last, I don't know, twenty years, I was a professional business coach, and one of the things that used to bug me a lot was I would get the same same people or many people asking the same question. They come back with the same questions, like, "Well, I'm not." I don't get ahead. I Nothing's changed. And after like three or four sessions of this, it's like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. You either change what you're doing or I'm firing you. You're my client, but you're fired. Like, yep. that's it. Because at the end of the day, it's not about what, what, um, how many coaches you hire or how many people you talk to. It's about the action you take. And even if it's something as simple as, well, I should say simple, it's simple, but it's hard, picking up the phone and asking someone for help. That's a really positive step forward, right? Absolutely. It's being
0: comfortable with the uncomfortable and we're designed like that, you know, back to with the psychology, we are designed not to push through discomfort you know we we retract from it we go in the opposite direction but when you understand that your body is designed to do that but to get to that next level you have to go through it you can't go around it you have to go through that discomfort and i start to embrace the discomfort because i understand that it's going to make me better stronger wiser more experienced on the other side. I still don't enjoy it. I really don't enjoy it, but I, I tolerate it because I know what it's doing for me. And people need to understand that, that you have to go through that discomfort to get to the other side.
1: Uh, one of my really good friends, Nancy Morris, who's also been, a, been guest on a podcast here, she and I are best friends and she's she's a, a business psychologist and we have this disagreement. And it's, uh, we call it, we have a BMW session. Okay. You know what that stands for? I mean, bitch, bitch moan and whine. Okay. Two minutes to bitch, moan and whine. And then what are you going to do about it? Love
0: it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Get the vent out. Get it out. It's important. It's important, but recognizing that that's what it is. You're having your BMW session and then you're going to move on. You're going to pick it up and and keep going. Cause it's important. We like, we have emotions and we aren't robots. So we have to be able to, you know, go through our emotions and feel it, but it's being able to regulate it and know when the appropriate time is. And I lost a, a property not too long ago that I spent a lot of money on and a lot of hard work on. And when I found out that that property fell apart, I cried. I cried and I like said to my husband, I think we were out at a, a ball game or something. And I went home and I was just like, I just need to just decompress, let it all out. But the next day, I mean, I'm back at it next day. I'm I'm taking the lessons that I've learned from it. I'm you know, we call them after action reports in the military. I'm going through my after action report, thinking about all the steps that I took, what my role was in that even though you know it was something that was quite it wasn't out of my control but it was something that it was very hard to 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 manage at that point but I still had to take my responsibility in that and what I would have done differently otherwise it's missed opportunity to learn from those lessons such valuable lessons when we make mistakes or when things fail and i think that's
1: something that especially new investors or people just starting out have to learn. It's that we all make mistakes. Good heavens, like nobody, but no one uh, gets out of the gate and it hits like 100%, what are the, 100% batting average. It just doesn't happen. You have mistakes, you lose money. Now, when you're starting out, you know, you got to be cautious as you should be. You're going to learn. And you think, there's so many ways to invest just a little bit of money and and learn from it and then you get a little bit bigger and you grow your network and you okay i'll do this always understanding that there is risk there's risk with anything it's managed risk though of what we do and if you manage it properly the chances are not 100 the chances are you're going to have a really good return and maybe it's not money is the return maybe like for you it's it's about okay I learned an awful lot here. The next time I go for this kind of project, I'll know what to do, right? Yeah, I love
0: that you said that, that maybe it's not money that's the return. You know, it's the the lesson that you've learned is the return in that. And that's a big part of our, our ego, really, is that, you know, we don't want to make mistakes. I give so much more respect to somebody who can own their mistakes Rather than the ones that are trying to like sweep it under the carpet or, you know, are deflecting or defending or blaming somebody else, it's really, really important for that trust to be able to say, you know what, I messed up, but this is what I'm going to do about it. Or this is what I've learned from this experience. You will get so much more respect from me to do that. And it's a major red flag if I see somebody that is putting that off or blaming something else when there is a role to be played
1: and you know what I also think is about respect for yourself yeah because if you make a mistake and you own it and you could I I would say you can almost be proud of it it's not that like the mistake itself well whatever like it's okay I made a mistake I know what I did wrong and yeah good for me because I recognize what I did wrong what I could have done differently, I don't want to use the word wrong, what I could have done differently. Next time, I'll watch for those warning signs, whatever it is, right? Absolutely. That's that's what's worth
0: it. Because when you don't, it it shows that, you know, you're just going to make that mistake again. Because if you can't recognize the part that you're playing, then it tells me you're going to do it again. And then what's the point of that mistake? It's that we learn and we grow from it. So a lot of people don't move forward because of that fear of failure.
1: Oh, I I cannot tell you how many times I'll wake up um, and I'll go, okay, dear God, um, I made a lot of mistakes the last week or two. Um, And, you know, really, could I just have a little bit, just a little bit of a break from making mistakes? I really, really appreciated that. But, you know, if you're going to, I'm going to make mistakes, because they at least be new mistakes? New? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I hate making the same mistakes over and over again. Yes, no, for sure.
0: There's things, I call it uh, recommitting. You know, if I'm, I, I try to do intentions every morning. That's something that I've implemented the past couple of months where before I even open my eyes, I wake up and I think about, okay, how do I want to show up today? What's important to me? You know, what kind of mother do I want to be today? And what kind of wife am I going to be today? What am I committing to? Especially with health and nutrition, that's such a big part of my life. But I have to be very active in making sure that I stay on track because I, you know, love a glass of wine like the next one. I love chocolate and good food and just lazing around, but I have to commit to it every day. So if I've made mistakes or, you know, haven't been on track, like I'd like to be then I'm, you know, recommitting every single morning. And it's setting me up on the right track, rather than just, you know, putting it to chance. Yeah, exactly. So like I
1: said, new mistakes are okay. Repeat mistakes. No, not so much. No repeat. <laughs> get
0: exactly. Yeah. On track. yeah, figure something out, get somebody else to do it. Exactly.
1: Okay, Victoria, we're going to go on to the right lightning round now. Okay, And um, th- these are four questions. I'm going to change it up a little bit, Francois, just so you know, I'm going to ask. Uh, normally, we have
3: some questions that we sort of are standard questions, but I'm going to ask. And check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, Daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Question number one. And check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Okay, what's the first mistake you made in real estate investing?
0: Selling my first home, that was my rental. I feel that was a big mistake. I sold it, I mean, it would have been worth so much it was, I held that for 10 years and it's been like my biggest regret. I sentimentally wish I would have kept it. But then also when you watch the market, it was a great sturdy house. I could have refinanced it. I could have used that money in order to, to go and invest it again in other properties. But, uh, and then just like re, re refinanced it over the years. Cause I would have owned it now for about 18 years.
2: Excellent. yeah, it's so hard. when you sell a property, it's like almost like getting rid of children because <laughs> <laughs> all some, the possibilities yeah. not quite as bad yeah. that's
0: right. I do have some properties that I' I'm you know ready to for Let
2: them, them to go buy the coop,
0: but that was a good little sturdy house and it uh, it felt like a monkey on my back because at the time I didn't want to be an investor. I didn't know. So, I mean, yeah. in one sense, it was one of my biggest regrets, but if I didn't do it, I don't know if I really would have been jumping in like I did today.
2: Yeah. You might not be on this recording right now. So. <laughs> so since we're changing it up, question number two, I'd love to hear about, cause you said it was very slow. Then you joined a network. What's the biggest kind of kick in the butt that you got <laughs> that got you going in the past two years?
0: moving so I was put in a position because I was I was in my comfort zone living in Nova Scotia I had my team there I knew the area all my properties were there I was managing and then when I found out that I was getting posted to Ottawa all of a sudden my world was rocked upside down because I didn't have any network any connection but I still wanted to keep investing and so for me I had to, I had to be resourceful. And so I created an Instagram account. That was kind of how it all started. And I remember, you know, thinking back to like mindset and fear of failure, I remember sitting in my empty living room because my house was packed up by this time and we're ready to go to Ottawa and thinking, now, am I going to start this account? And being petrified because I was not big on social media, I was very private. I didn't know what I was doing and I just felt that fear of judgment. And I remember that what if moment. And so thinking like, well, what if it works out? And I'm just so grateful that I did it because again, I've just met an incredible network and an incredible community. But had I not been forced out of my comfort zone, I would have never taken those next steps and then had my eyes open to this type of real estate investing. I'm not making this very
1: lightning, sorry, with my answers. No, those are really, really good answers. I, I, like, I'm fascinated by this. So what would you say then is the one attribute that has made you successful? If you had to pick one. My ability,
0: my interpersonal skills. I was going to say understanding human behavior, but that's all kind of connected. I think that my ability to, you know, relate And have those skills and connections with people. And real estate is such a a people-centric business that that has really served me well. And and I'm I'm genuine. I really do care and I'm very interested in in people. So it's not something that I'm doing because I know, but I'm very aware that it's effective.
2: Amazing. Last question. I'm really going to change things up. What's your favorite item at Costco? Ah,
0: okay. <laughs> Funnily enough, the whole reason they're going is to get me blueberries. That is why they have to go tonight. And you know, they're gonna make a, a a trip of it. But blueberries right now from Costco are just my all-time favorite. I'm on a pretty strict nutrition program, and these blueberries are like candy. And so I have them with this it's called casein, which is a, a slow release protein. So I make this chocolate casein pudding, and I put peanut butter and blueberries on top. And that's it. That's, that's the day.
1: Okay. Now, when you said they, you mean your husband and your son,
0: right? Because you... son. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. No context there. Sorry. Yeah. So I am lucky to get to stay and hang out with you guys while my husband and son go
1: shopping for me. All oh, right. Well, yeah. you know what? My husband is out shopping for me right now. I think, you know what? That's the way the world should be.
2: I'm doing it wrong. So. I'm at home and my <laughs> wife is having a bath or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh,
1: she's doing it right. That's Wait, right. No mistake. That's awesome. She's doing that's all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so very much, Victoria. My pleasure. And uh, it was great. I learned a lot and I hope our audience did too. I know they did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Nice seeing everybody.
2: Thank you. Take care. So Laurel, what did you think about this interview? I mean, it was great. We're talking about communities and, and networking as well, which is what The Right Club is all about. And why did you create the dot right com, Laurel?
1: Well, I mean, we wanted people to, learn about and and educate themselves in real estate but ultimately at the end it's about customizing your life and that's what our, our our sort of our tagline is customizing your life because investing in real estate in and of itself like so what it's the results you get from that right it's what you can do with the results so you want to customize your life you can invest in real estate yes you can invest in other things but we believe that real estate is the way to go so invest in real estate learn Educate, join our club, uh, network with people and or and join other organizations too. There's many, many out there. The more people you know, the the more you're gonna learn, the more contacts you're gonna make and ultimately um, the more money and the more wealth you're gonna create, right?
2: That's it. So make sure to visit the rightclub.com to connect with other investors and build your community right now. You can start virtually, in person and there's all kinds of great things there and it's, yeah, you don't wanna miss out. And it's free. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's free. So until then, please customize your life with the rightclub.com And we'll see you next time.
2: Take care. Thanks for
1: listening to the right club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at whiteclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if
3: you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by
2: others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.